0: Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host for the opening segment, Jim, but we'll be turning it over to Brian and Robin Joy Olson in just a moment. They've got some great updates for you on why it is that we start the vast majority of all new Amazon selling students at the exact same starting point, with rare exception. And they're going to explain why that is. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Brian and Rob and Joy will dive very deep into it once they take over the episode today. But if you're not aware, this podcast is committed to helping you succeed creatively on the Internet using multiple strategies. But we start everyone out at the same place. And you can hear hundreds of interviews with our successful students who have followed the paths that we've proven over the past 20-plus years. And they've been interviewed on this show, hundreds of them talking about. Their success stories. But we also have episodes like this where we dive in and it's just more instructional versus interviews with our successful students. That's what this podcast is all about. If you're new around here, we're so glad you've joined us. If you have any questions or you want to interact with some of the numerous people you've heard interviewed on this show, you need to get over to silentgym.com, join our free Facebook group. There's a link on that page. Jump in, you can see for yourself, we've got almost 2,000 success posts in that group from people saying, Hey, this works. I'm excited. I'm finally making money. I finally found the business model I'm excited about. All the way up to people saying things like, hey, here's my one-year results, or I just had my first $30,000 month, those kind of things all over the place. Yes, any business is going to take blood, sweat, tears, risk, work, sacrifice, just like anything else in life that's worth having. It takes a lot of work to get there. It takes delayed gratification. It takes patience. It takes endurance, perseverance, right? So we're fully aware of that. But when you do that with a community of other people who are fully aware of that, knowing that, yeah, there's gonna be some pain points, but wow, this is an amazing opportunity, and we are seeing the evidence of that every day. Now, before I turn it over to Brian and Robin Joy to talk about why we start everybody, almost everybody, no matter where you live in the world, at the same basic training level on Amazon, I want to tell you about an event that's coming up May of 2024. It's the 23rd through the 25th of the month. We're going to gather in Orlando. Hundreds of people from this community have already registered. They're heading to Florida in May to hang out for three days with Many of the great students you've heard interviewed on this show, the great coaches on our team, we've got 60 coaches. We've been doing e-commerce coaching for over 20 years, guys. That's a lot of people coached. That's a lot of people who love this community, and we love getting together. Whoever can make it this year, we're in Orlando, like I said, May 23rd through 25th. Here's a website. It's three words. This website is three words. Get ready. The proven conference that has all the details by the time you hear this episode tickets may be on sale but if they're not they will be very soon the VIP tickets will sell out I say that every time because it's been true for 12 years in a row now VIP tickets always sell out so you want to get those fast if you're interested in attending if you're just coming general admission you might be able to take your time a couple of days there's a chance we could sell the event out pretty quick but typically it takes us a little bit of time for that to happen so you've got some time to decide if you get over to the website Read up on it and make a decision to come. We're adding more details all the time to the website, theprovenconference.com. Well, I love the the topic today with Brian and Robin Joy Olson. They're two of the great coaching directors that we've worked with a long time around here. Actually, if you get into our Kickstart boot camp for new proven Amazon course students, Robin Joy, who you're about to meet, if you don't know who she is already, is the teacher. Typically of those sessions, she's done a good number of them and everybody raves about those. So they'll mention it a little bit in the show today. Listen for the kickstart bootcamp instructions for less than $40, you can get into a group of other new Amazon sellers and get from knowing nothing to selling your first product for less than 40 bucks. It's a great offer. So listen for those details on today's show. Well, I'm going to turn the microphone over to my good friends, Brian and Robin Joy Olson. Enjoy the episode. And listen in for why we call this the lowest risk, lowest learning curve, lowest investment required opportunity online, and the highest odds of success and profits as a result for your efforts. That's why we start our new students here. Listen for those details. You'll enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening.
1: I'll talk to you next time. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner.
2: Hey, Brian. It's early in 2024. It's January when we're recording this. And I know a lot of people are kind of looking at some new ways to make some money, maybe some side hustles. A lot of them are looking at the Amazon business because there's been a lot of success as a third-party seller on the Amazon platform. Do you want to talk about that today? I, I do.
1: First first of all, just the Amazon opportunity, we hear about it all the time. And I'd be really curious to see what those Q4 numbers look like for Amazon. But the amount of sales happening in the e-commerce space and specifically mm-hmm. on Amazon are just through the roof. I and mean, yeah. I think there was a maybe a slight plateau after we kind of settled into the early post-pandemic time. Yeah. Um, but we're back on the rise in terms of yeah, dollars being spent and visitors seeing. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, as as we've heard someone say before, hmm, there's never been the two best times to get started on Amazon. Like, you know, 1998 when they first launched mm. or today. Yes. Right?
2: So We still think that's true. Yeah, Jim says all the time.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about if you're evaluating the opportunity to get started selling on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Your, your new yeah, to where do the we space, start? you know, you're. If you start investigating, you're probably seeing opportunities left and right, and it's kind of hard to to sift through all that and see what's real. What is going to be my best option? And so, uh, what we thought we would do today is talk about three evaluate three different ways to get started selling on Amazon as a new seller, mm-hmm. and compare those to this evaluation method that you and I like to apply. In fact, we took a previous episode, we evaluated some previous business ventures that we were in Mm -hmm. against this. Some of the many. (laughs) mm -hmm, Against this low, low, high methodology. Yeah. Okay. You want to explain low, low, high real quick?
2: Uh, Yeah, so this is going to bring us around then to explaining what we recommend, the way we recommend that you start and why that is. So let's start with uh, low, low, high, low risk, low investment, and high chance for success. This is one of the criteria that we based our previous businesses on. And this is why we really, really like the Amazon opportunity and particularly one of the strategies to get started. Because it's very low risk, very low capital needed to get started, and a very high chance for success.
1: Or it can be, right? It can be. It can. And, and mm-hmm. w- when we get to the end of uh, of our talking points today, we'll wrap this up and bring it around to um, what right. we think is the best way to get started on Amazon. There are you know infinite ways, a number of ways to get going here. As you know, there are a lot of courses in the Proven Amazon course, if you okay. remember there. There are no shortage of uh, expert YouTube videos out there mm-hmm. about how to get started on Amazon. We're gonna we we'll pick three that we want to um, talk about today,
2: right? And and just to be clear, we don't think there are, especially ones that are taught te- in this community. There are none that are anything wrong with them. We just want to come around to where we recommend that you get started and why we recommend that. Right. Okay. So yeah. go ahead. Let's where we're we gonna start, Brian.
1: Okay. So. In evaluation of any opportunity, using the low, low, high methodology, we like to identify do we have a low, um, as you say, low risk, low barrier to entry, or low cost, high chance for success. If it's unclear to us, if we are not immediately able to classify an opportunity as one of those things, then what can be a help is to create a list of pros and cons, or you know characteristics about that particular opportunity mm-hmm. to help you classify that as low or high. Okay, makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so let's start with the one that gets a lot of flack in a lot of different industries, and and you know uh, a lot of different industries, a lot of different groups. I'll say, mm-hmm. which is selling private label. Mm-hmm. And let's first take a couple of minutes to discuss what it is and how it works. Okay. All right. Okay. So, what is the private label slash private listings method of selling on Amazon? So, I'm going to just list a couple of things off, and feel free to jump in anytime. Okay. Okay. the The first characteristic about this is it's usually a custom product that is manufactured, sometimes even designed overseas or south of the border um, in the U.S. And you are getting it. You're leveraging very inexpensive. Uh, labor and very inexpensive materials in order to get a product developed.
2: Okay. So this would be a product that you have invented or that you've come up with that's a modification of a product that already exists, something like that.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, there there are obviously no shortage of products out there on Alibaba or Timu or whatever that are basically generic and you could brand them under your brand and sell them. And so you don't have to design anything necessarily. Okay. But yeah, there are you can go buy product. and There's no shortage of product to go you, buy. Okay. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah.
2: Right. And yeah, then you would develop that product, market that product under your name. Your right. Okay.
1: Right, right. Number one, I think this assumes a level of knowledge, a level of knowledge exists about how the system works. And when we're talking about the system, mm-hmm. we're talking about Amazon,
2: right? Right, right. Amazon has certain rules and regulations terms of service that we have to follow if we're going to sell on their platform mm-hmm. and uh these are things that are assumed is what you're saying when when you're talking about a private label starting with private label
1: and not only you know the the terms of service and the seller code of conduct and all that stuff but understanding the mechanisms of how amazon yep. works right. right how do you you know once your account is created which is no small feat these mm-hmm. days right mm-hmm. Then, you know, how do you create, add an item to your inventory? How do you create a listing? How do you ship, uh, prep your product, have it shipped to Amazon or have it shipped directly from, you know, your manufacturer to Amazon? How do you get it labeled properly? How does it go up for sale? When is the opportunity there? How does it get fulfilled? How do you get paid? I mean, there's a whole, like the seven steps we were talking about in a previous episode applies in everything. Sure, sure.
2: Yeah, much more than the seven, like that's a lot to be able to understand before you ever put money into it. Right? right. Right. Okay.
1: So if you don't know the first thing about selling on Amazon and you're going to start in private label, there's a like a bunch of prerequisites that you should probably know before you go buying any product. Sure. Right. Sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you are then also buying a product or having something developed that's relatively new to the space or you're in a relatively competitive space, mm-hmm. then you also are going to need to do some marketing Mm -hmm. about your product and your advertising Mm -hmm. to get eyeballs on your product and branding work, right? Mm -hmm. These are typically different departments within an organization, a successful Mm -hmm. organization. And you not only have to do all the stuff about designing your product, but then you get to wear all those hats as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard Jim say before, like you buy the product and then you market your way out of it or advertise your way out of it, which is where a lot of where most people you hope to market (laughs) your way out of it, which is where most people fail in this space is because they don't understanding the the mechanisms that are Amazon Mm -hmm. is already a tall order. And then it's not difficult. It's just a lot of information.
2: I think one of the one of the issues with it is the amount of capital that you have to put into it in the length of time it takes to market your way out of that. Mm -hmm. So you have to put a lot up front. Then it takes a while for that product to get to you. When it gets to you, then you have to package it and send it to Amazon, do some marketing before anybody ever knows about your product. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking weeks and months and, and sometimes years before you ever really get started with that. So... Um, if you have absolutely no knowledge about how how the platform works, you're starting in you're already starting at a disadvantage.
1: In, in the whole, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a great point because typically when you're having these products developed or ordering them from you know another country, you're committing to very large quantities. Yes, usually. relatively speaking, right. right? We could be talking about container load or a half container load, which mm-hmm. is think about all those you know, a container is basically what you see sitting on the back of an eighteen wheeler going mm-hmm. down the highway. Well, if you have to fill that up with your order, that's a lot of units, right? right? Or a half, of, even a half of one of those, depending on the size of your item, could still be a ton of units. You might be five thousand or ten thousand units,
2: right? And that's after you've done your development and your testing. And did you get everything right? Did they mm-hmm. have all the pieces, parts, the way you want it? That after all of that time, mm-hmm. then you have to put in some capital. So your capital is going to be out for. Quite a lot.
1: Right. So, you, yeah, typically, and I don't know all, all the specific steps for having something developed overseas because we haven't done that part. But from what I understand, there's like the design process. They make some prototypes. They send mm-hmm. it to me. We're back and forth. We're, you know, tweaking some things. That could be two, three months just in that process. Uh-huh. Then the Then the actual manufacturing of the product mm-hmm. could be several weeks. Right. And then several more weeks to get the product to the U.S.,
2: so, so let's go let's go there Brian mm-hmm. on the private label or private listings opportunity let's go there is it a low risk
1: well hold on there was one more thing oh, two, okay. two more things I wanted to cover oh,
2: oh I'm sorry go ahead
1: no the one of the benefits though on the on the pro side here
2: uh-huh.
1: is that the margins can be very high yeah because you can manufacture something like a phone case for your telephone sure for pennies. Mm-hmm. literally pennies, mm-hmm. and then turn around and sell it for $20, 30 $40, okay. you know, in the U.S. So your margin can be 50%, you it, know? If you sell it. If you sell it. They yeah. can be very high. Yes. Okay. okay. So that's on, that's on the pro side. But one of the other cons is that it can actually, you mentioned this before, take quite some time to get your money back, 6 to 12 months mm-hmm. to get your investment. So if you were, had to, you know, invest the money to have 5,000 units or 10,000 units made,
2: mm-hmm. even
1: at pennies. Yeah. can be a chunk of change.
2: Sure. Absolutely.
1: All right. Now. Okay. (laughs)
2: Now, is it low risk then?
1: So based on the things that we were talking about, so needing to learn the Amazon system, that kind of applies in everything we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. But um, requires requires marketing, advertising, branding. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to do that, I think that risk is high. Sure. If the order quantities are very high, Mm -hmm. that's also high risk.
2: So high risk in that I may or may not get my money back. Right at the end of this whole process. Yeah, you may or right.
1: may not get your money back. Yeah, you okay. could be sitting with if a garage do full it of to stuff.
2: find out. Yep. Right. Okay. Is it low investment?
1: I don't think it's low investment because of the minimum order quantities that you're typically up against.
2: Yes, we we hear often that there are thousands and thousands of dollars that have to be put into mm-hmm. these uh, initial orders. So. It doesn't sound like low investment compared to what we're used to. Right. What about, is it a high chance for success?
1: I think as a new seller, that's a hard no. Yeah. I think maybe as an advanced seller, it's, I would say, moderate.
2: Yes. So in this space, one of the reasons we don't recommend starting there is because you need quite a bit of capital up front. Mm -hmm. You need to gather quite a bit of experience and education to figure it out. And then you have your your money out for a long period of time. So the risk is the risk is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh we don't have anything protecting us there. We the investment seems to be pretty high. And the chance of success, you really want to so, be a more advanced seller to have a better chance of success.
1: Yeah. So for me, this checks all the boxes as no. It's not low risk, it's not low investment, and it's not a high chance for success.
2: Not a good place to start. So,
1: Okay. Not a great place to start. Agreed. Yes. All right. Uh, So what's the next one? So the next one we wanted to talk about was selling wholesale. Okay. So let's just take a minute and describe what this method is. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is basically selling products on the Amazon platform that the public already knows about Mm -hmm. and knows and and loves and trusts and all that. (laughs) And you do this by leveraging wholesale relationships. Mm -hmm. So, Either directly with the manufacturer or through a distributor, you're gaining products, typically in fairly large quantities, mm-hmm. uh, obtaining them, I mean, and then offering them up for sale on Amazon. Okay. Okay, there could be existing listings for this, mm-hmm. or you may have to create new listings. So it's, it's moderately advanced, I would say. Okay. Okay. Now, so let's talk about uh, the level of knowledge required is similar to the first opportunity, the private mm-hmm. label, in that you have to know kind of how the systems work the you system works. Relationships. You have to build relationships. Oh, that's the hardest one, quite honestly. I didn't put that on the Pick a lot here. of
2: time As a build new, those relationships. As a
1: new seller, your success rate is very low when trying to establish wholesale relationships.
2: Because you don't have anything to show that you have any experience in this website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, likely, they, they want you to have a website a lot of times. They want you to have an entity. There are some requirements to- Resale either.
1: certificate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got it. Typically have like a place to store the inventory. Right. So you're either paying for your own storage space or you're you've got a third party warehouse or a PL where they're handling that for you.
2: Right. And that's probably one of the riskier parts of wholesale in the beginning is that you have to put some some capital up front, mm-hmm. minimum requirements, minimal order requirements. And then you need a place to put that minimum order requirements. Right. And, So that you can uh, manage it, right?
1: On the plus side, it doesn't necessarily require degrees in marketing, advertising, or branding because in most cases, those listings could already exist. Mm -hmm. um, But where they don't, and you're trying to fire up a new listing because maybe you're making a creative combination of products, a variety pack, a uh, multi-pack, a bundle or whatever of those products from whatever vendors that you happen to be working with, creating listings then could require some of those skills. But it's not... Always a requirement. Okay. Fair?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Margins. Okay. Margins are going to be lower in wholesale than they are in private label.
2: Yes. Usually mm-hmm. that would be true.
1: Right. And, because- and they're frequently lower than the method we're going to talk about here, the last method. But there is an advantage to having wholesale relationships. Yes, there is. So let's just tell a quick story about uh, this, this product that we used to do retail arbitrage. Yes. And it was like a stain removal product. Mm -hmm. And we could never get enough um, supply from From any retailers retailers Mm -hmm. to fulfill. Like we were always out of stock. Right. It's just one of those deals where we were always out of stock. So we sought out wholesale relationships for that. Yes. And we were able to get a wholesale relationship for that. The challenge that we had there. And I think that there's a a misconception about what wholesale means. Mm -hmm. So... What we discovered is that, yeah, we had ample available product, right? There was right. a ton of product available to us through this wholesale relationship. Mm-hmm. The pricing of that product was not as good as we were buying it for in the store, though. Right. Right. And right. that's typically what we find with wholesale. And we've got, you know, several dozen wholesale accounts. Mm-hmm. Usually the price is not better than you'll find out at any big box retailer.
2: That's true. And I think that is a misconception sometimes from third party sellers that believe if I could get just get this wholesale, excuse me, wholesale, mm-hmm. it would be uh at a price that would give me better margins. But that's not necessarily the case. In fact, that's often not, not the, the case. case. What you get from those wholesale relationships is the quantity the supply that you need to keep that moving. But you ha- you often have to sell a lot of it in order to make up the dollars that you make in margin in other. right,
1: Because the margins are typically lower with wholesale, uh-huh. you need to sell more units. Mm-hmm. So you're ordering more units, you're touching more units if you're doing it, prepping, shipping more units to accumulate the same dollar amount right. in either of the other two models that we were talking.
2: Again, about. nothing wrong with it. So not, a lot of people are very, very successful with yes. that. But let's look at it as a place to start. Mm-hmm. Is it a low risk?
1: Well, hold on. There was oh. one other thing I was oh, wanting to sorry. talk about. Here. I
2: keep getting ahead of
1: <laughs> can it be a quick turnaround? Like, what is our timeline on this? Yeah. I think it can be a quick turnaround. Like some of our wholesale relationships, we can typically have product delivered within a week. So, sure. no, no different than a, your typical online arbitrage play mm-hmm. and have it sent into Amazon. And that's going to be about the same cycle, the turn rate would be yes. as if I was doing online or retail. That's be sim- so that's pretty similar. good, right? Mm-hmm. On the pro, That does definitely fall on the pro side. Sure. Okay. All right. So now.
2: Okay. So <laughs> now I'm ready. Is it low risk?
1: I think because of the minimum order quantity as a new seller, I'm going to say, no, it's not low risk.
2: Because you have to put more capital up front and you're not you don't know for sure. I would say the risk is lower than private label for sure, sure.
1: Yeah. It's lower than private label, not as low as the straight up arbitrage play. Okay. Because what? We we don't we can't just go buy three or four. Sometimes right. we have to buy three or four cases or we have oh. to buy a pallet.
2: You're right. So we can't test small. We can't test, right. And then go buy a pallet.
1: If I mean, it, we can test, but we have to test with a large quantity. Right, right, Or actually what, what actually can work is in this model, mm-hmm. go buy at retail in yes. a small quantity do your test that way. If that works out, then go to your distributor yes. and get a larger quantity.
2: So that is true. That's a good way yeah, to say it. But you still
1: that. are on the hook for a larger quantity because we all know that ASINs can turn around fairly quickly. And what looked profitable and was profitable for, for a period of time can all of a sudden not sure. be profitable. You don't want to be stuck with a large quantity if and when that happens.
2: That's right. That's right. So low risk, medium, low investment.
1: Again, I'm probably going to say no. Yeah. Because of the minimum order quantities, right? right. If I so want to even
2: after you test it, mm-hmm. then you really are going to have to order.
1: If I want to be diversified and stay diversified in my business, I would love to have a hundred of those wholesale ASINs, right? right? So and the minimum order quantities on those hundred could mm-hmm. very well just
2: totally mm-hmm. <clears throat> put me in a bad spot. Sure, sure. All right. So is it high chance for success? I think it is high chance for success. I think so. I think it's I think it's pretty high chance for success. With the exception of that portion where you might get stuck with some product if if something happened to one of those listings that you were selling.
1: In the realm that I was thinking of that was the high chance of success, meaning I don't have to go create listings. I don't have to market. Yeah. I don't have to pay-per-click necessarily. Sure. I mean, I can do all of those things, but I don't necessarily have to. I can get on community that. listings, and I don't have to create listings. But in those spaces where I do have to create listings for products that maybe aren't on Amazon yet or like I said, I'm making some multi-pack, variety pack, or bundle, then that's probably moderate.
2: Okay. So would you recommend somebody start out, if they haven't used the Amazon platform before to, to as a third-party seller, would you recommend they start out with a wholesale method?
1: I don't recommend people start out with wholesale. Okay. I like it as the next step after the third method we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it in a minute.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot of times people find themselves incorporating that. I know we have mm-hmm. with, with the method that you're going to talk about. I bet everybody can guess what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I bet everybody can guess that we are going to recommend this next one and we're going to compare it to the others.
1: Right. So our our last one here is what we call reselling existing products mm-hmm. on the Amazon platform, mm-hmm. also known as... Replans. or replenishables.
2: Yeah. In this community, we we call it replans, which means you're selling on community listings, listings that are already there. Mm -hmm. You can sell as much or as little as you want on that listing, and you can test it first. So let's talk about that.
1: Okay. So what is this method and kind of how does it work? It's selling products that the public already knows and loves Mm -hmm. on the Amazon platform Mm -hmm. by leveraging existing physical or online stores. Okay. Retail stores. Retail stores. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And these are, think about this. This is why this arbitrage model is probably never going to go away on the Amazon platform, even though you'll hear, oh, Replens is dead. Reselling is dead. We hear a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people in this community have been hearing it for a couple of decades, and yet here it still is.
2: Yeah, we're still doing it.
1: And it's because there are disparities in marketplaces. Right. Okay. So I love to give the example of a product that, Walmart Target and Home Depot all carry mm-hmm. and, and and so let's add a fourth one your local your local grocery store or five and dime whatever okay and if you price that item at those four different uh, sources you're likely going to come up with four different prices right sometimes those the disparity in those prices can be dramatic
2: yes okay I would say that in different parts of the country you'll find different yep. prices in the same. Platform too. Right.
1: So then let's add the fifth one, which is Amazon. So now we've okay. got five marketplaces. All right.
2: Five marketplaces.
1: And so if we can find a product on one of the four that's on Amazon mm-hmm. for enough of a lower price compared to what it sells on Amazon mm-hmm. for that we could sell it on Amazon and make a profit, mm-hmm. that then that's, is, the that's the arbitrage play. Okay. Okay. So you have to be careful of some things that, see, that, uh, Sometimes stand out. Like, w- what do you pay for a bottle of water in the airport?
2: <laughs> more than I pay in the grocery store. Is uh, that what you looking more, for?
1: More, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> I have no idea. five, six, seven dollars for a yeah. bottle of water at the airport. You would never be able to sell a bottle of water on Amazon. I mean, you could try to sell that bottle, same bottle of water on Amazon, but Amazon's probably going to come around and say, you can't sell that for that much because, you know, because we're watching fair market, you know, practices and all that. But okay. the truth is, there are, Great substantial price discrepancies in various markets marketplaces, right? Right. No matter where you look, absolutely. Okay. So this method also relies on community listings. All right. What do you What do you mean by community listing? So a community listing is a listing that already exists that multiple people can sell on. So we uh, spent a few minutes in a previous episode comparing and contrasting eBay marketplace to the wall uh, to the Amazon marketplace where. You know, on eBay, if, we, if we're if we all trying to sell our iPhone 14s, mm-hmm. we're all going to have a separate listing for our own phone. On Amazon, if we're all selling our iPhone 14s, it's one listing. Right. And we're all, you know, inventory on that listing.
2: Right. So on eBay, we would have to create the listing, put the pictures up, mm-hmm. type all of the copy and everything. On Amazon, that's already done. We just put inventory into that listing, correct?
1: right? Right. In this model, it's already done. The right. other two models you may have to create. In this model, done. it's already done. Yeah.
2: It's already there.
1: Now, to be fair, you still, still, you do still have to learn the system, right? You yes. Have, you have to learn the system, but you can learn the system with the some of the other benefits that we're going to talk about next. Okay. Okay? Such as a very low minimum order quantity. Yes. You can buy and send in one, one item. item if you want to. Mm-hmm. So your minimum order quantity is one.
2: Yes. <laughs> and that's the way we get people started in the Kickstart boot camp. If you've never done it, done any of this before and you want to get started, we start with just one item, mm-hmm. just one item to go through and just learn, learn system. that system yeah. as much as you need to about it to get started mm-hmm. so that you can then send more items in and feel comfortable. But we can test really, really small in this method.
1: Yes, we can. The margins are typically lower than private label, but can be higher than wholesale. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is because we're trying to find, we, we're we targeting and we're testing for listings where we can take advantage of a pretty significant price disparity
2: mm-hmm. and
1: or sell above what the going rate currently is.
2: Yes, that's true. And we have plenty of examples of that in the community. So one of the things that that makes me think of is the fact that we can test really, really small so if we can get that good price we can take advantage of say Walmart's large quantity buying and they have a few on the shelf and we can resell those in another marketplace. Now, we're going to pay retail for them, but fortunately Walmart gets probably the best price of anybody and we can probably, you know, they're going to get a better wholesale price than I am, so mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to be able to really get it for more than I get it at Walmart most of those items. Right. Right. So I can still test really, really small and take advantage of their large ability to get good prices. Mm-hmm. Because I don't need to have that many. I just need to have many different products.
1: Right. 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 Unlike the example I started to talk about earlier where, you know, we did find a wholesale relationship mm-hmm. and we had a, a virtual endless supply of products. So we sure. would never run out, but our margins would go way down because yes. of the
2: price disparity. Yeah. Yes. So if we're actually selling on more listings. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, we can keep our margins high.
2: We can keep our margins high because we could buy that product at Walmart mm-hmm. for much less. Right. Exactly. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. It also has a very quick turnaround, as, as fast as a wholesale, anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even faster if it's a on uh, retail arbitrage play. I can go to the store today, mm-hmm. buy it, ship it in today to Amazon, and theoretically sell it by the end of the week. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty fast turnaround.
2: Right. That is a pretty fast turnaround. But we like to see things uh, that we test turn around within 30 to 45 days. Mm-hmm. That's the way Brian and I teach the three-step check. We have evidence that it's going to be 30 to 45 days turnaround. That's the first check because we don't want to sit in that Senate forever to see if it's going to work or not. We want to get it, get our money back and go try something else if that one's not going to work.
1: It's wild. I love and I'm passionate about this opportunity on the Amazon platform compared to a lot of other businesses. Mm-hmm. If you were going to go out and buy or start any other business, you're probably looking at multi years of mm-hmm. of time before you get your return back. Right, right. Time
2: and investment.
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's the time and the money,
2: both investments, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so you're like, sometimes I don't, I don't know. Let's say you were going to go buy the laundromat is all the craze right now. Say you're going to okay. buy a laundromat or a car wash or whatever. <laughs> there's a good chance you're not making any money on that for the first year. Sure. Right. We can make money on something in. In as little as seven days. Yes. Right?
2: And and we can make money while we're learning to do this.
1: Right. That's why we love the replense Month. Yes. Okay. So you don't have to know everything there is to know about the system before you can actually get started here. One of the reasons I'm such a huge fan of the Kickstart Bootcamp that you can get if you're a member of the Proven, proven Amazon course. Mm-hmm. So Proven Amazon course, $40 a month-ish, maybe pennies less. The boot camp is also a one-time fee, less than forty dollars. It'll take you through that one the cycle, doing everything that you have to do one time. Yes. So that the next time you're going to do it, you get an understanding of all the boxes that need to be checked and what the expectations are for you going forward. I love right. it. Okay, but is this low risk?
2: It is low, very low risk, very low risk. I already have the evidence that I need mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm going to get, uh, you know, I, I have a good chance of getting all my money back. It's going to happen quickly. I don't have to sit with my money out for a long time. And then there are so many opportunities. If that one doesn't work, I'll go just go try another one. Yeah, that's right. Take the that one back very to the store low. if I want or use it personally. If I put my money into this model, the way we teach it, I'm likely going to at the very least get all my money back. Mm-hmm. I am likely going to make a profit.
1: Right. Okay. Is it low investment? Yes. We talked about you only have to buy one thing.
2: You only have to buy one thing right. to get started. The other thing is you can buy any any amount of cost that you want to. We have one of our one of the people that we're working with that he's he's buying things less than five dollars a piece. And he is making a profit. He is turning his money. He doesn't have a whole lot of money to start with. So he divided that money up and said, all right, I'm just going to get several items under the price that I can afford. And he's growing that business and he's I, making a profit.
1: I love it. I think he's, he was like $75 a week was his budget for yeah. for inventory. Yeah. For as little as, and you could do it for 50. If you're finding sure. low enough uh, cost items, think of dollar store items, think of mm-hmm. Yeah, 97 cent items at Walmart mm-hmm. or whatever. There are tons of those out there and mm-hmm. there are arbitrage plays on them.
2: Absolutely. And and this, this person that we're working with that we're talking about is brand new to the platform. Mm-hmm. He's not, uh has restrictions in a lot of different categories. He's working within where he's able to sell and Amazon has approved him. He's not ungating and spending money on that. He doesn't have the money. Mm-hmm. He's just working within, and he's going to grow and he's going to grow quickly and it's going to become profitable. And as he sells these items, mm-hmm. Amazon's going to start lifting those restrictions.
1: It's already happening for him. Is yeah. Really- hey, yeah. He started selling in uh, that third week of, of November. Right now, we're in the first week of January. He's already experiencing some auto ungating. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then, he sold,
2: sold quite a few items well, during that time.
1: Well, yeah. Just
2: in his testing.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he has. Is there a high chance for success? In well, this
2: obviously, we're just talking about, about yeah. this case. We see cases day after day after day. We work with people who are just getting started and we see them find success. Now, they may not make a lot of money in their first few weeks, although some people do often they make a little bit of money but they are learning they're making a little bit of money as they go their risk is very very low they're likely getting all of their money back if it well, didn't work out
1: it's like you say he's getting paid to learn he he's, he's getting, getting paid. paid to get his MBA in Amazon FBA
2: it's right that's right where normally he's also in college mm-hmm. and he pays a high tuition <laughs> to be able to learn what he's learning in college and get his degree there mhm he is not paying for his knowledge of of Amazon. Well, mostly because he's related to us and we're <laughs> working with him. But he is making money while he tests items and decides whether those are going to be part of his foundational list of free plans or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's just recap. We talked about uh, getting started as a new seller. Yes. E- evaluating private label mm-hmm. in terms of evaluating against low, low, high. It mm-hmm. was a no. No, no, right?
2: Private label is a high risk,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not a low risk. It is not a low investment and it is not a high chance for success.
1: Right. For a new seller.
2: For a new seller. Definitely. All advanced. of these are in perspective of yep. new seller. Okay. Definitely a play for advanced sellers, for okay. sure.
1: Okay. So then in the wholesale space, we were talking about, is it low um, risk? No. No. They like said because of the minimum order quantities, is it low Investment, no. Again, for the same reason, high chance for success. We went ahead and ticked that box and said, "Yeah." "Yeah." Like if you can, if you can, if you've got margin for the other two, the first two things, then you can probably find some level of success with wholesale as a new seller.
2: And I would say even it might be medium in the risk category. Mm -hmm. In that you, we can use tools to find out, you know, the history Mm -hmm. of those listings and if you sell in the same listing. So, would you recommend that a new seller? start with a wholesale model.
1: I don't typically recommend it. I, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you can't do it within a few months of getting started, right. but I love to see people get started with the resell, the reseller uh, model or replans so that you get this, un- you build sort of a foundation, mm-hmm. fundamental level of knowledge about how the build system some works. Build up Yeah, and then you'll understand when, why you're going, why you might be willing to pay more for an item from a wholesale distributor or a uh, manufacturer than you we- would- Right. From Walmart because you're going to have like an ample supply.
2: Right. Right. And that's not always going to be the case, but there are reasons that you would do that. Takes a little bit more experience to Mm -hmm. get that. Okay. So the third one was the replens model. Replens model. Yeah. Would you recommend a person start with a brand new person? I know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that to to me, that's the no brainer. That's how we got started. And that's how we uh, typically advise our coaching clients to get started. Yes. Is. Figure out, so go ahead and get an account. doesn't even have to be a pro account to start off with. You can get a per- personal account if you just want to test the waters. Mm-hmm. Find those discrepancies in marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And then uh, go through the system and sell a few things and see how right. that works. Right. And where do we find
2: information on that, Brian?
1: ProvenAmazonCourse.com.
2: ProvenAmazonCourse.com. That all of this information for all of, all of these methods are in there, but we do strongly recommend that we start with the replans, Mm -hmm. start with a kickstart bootcamp. If you've never sold on the platform before, that's a great place to start. And if you are started and you're trying to get some traction, we are having a workshop in May, Mm -hmm. the two days before the proven conference which would be May 21st and 22nd, and the Proven Conference will be 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Right,
1: so this is our Refunds Accelerator Workshop. So this is where we spend two days, mm-hmm. hands-on, over-the-shoulder, small, intimate setting, lots of accelerated learning happening here because mm-hmm. it's very synchronous in terms of how information is being exchanged. Right. And um, we're fast-tracking, identifying test Yes,
2: and making a plan to get five figure business so what happens we use the three step check
1: and a four week test
2: to get a five figure business
1: in six months or less if, if you're, you're consistent.
2: consistent and we p- put the plan for that all out in this workshop and help you develop your own plan to make that five figure business
1: right so go to slash 100 or 100 and you can get all the details that you want on the on the workshop there And we'd love to see you there and at the uh, Proven Conference. Look, the Proven Conference is going to probably have 700 people there. This workshop is going to have like 30. So Mm. it's very limited seating, uh, intimate setting. Um, Mm. Reach out to the coaching office if you're interested in doing both. There is a significant discount available.
2: Absolutely. All right. We're going to wrap this thing up with a quote. All right.
1: So for those of you who don't know, we live in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. We do have a professional sports team here. Some would question... Yeah, more than one, but I was thinking in the football space. Though some would question if they've been professional as of late. Yeah. Because it's been quite a dry spell here before that we... Our
2: beloved Denver Broncos you're talking about.
1: Haven't made a playoff appearance in quite some time. But (laughs) uh, anyway, we do have a new head coach this year. And um, there was a quote that I saw from Sean Payton in the last week or so that I thought I wanted to cover here. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I... Um, he was saying he was speaking contemporaneously, and it wasn't it wasn't exactly um, perfect. but it goes something like this. The ongoing process is understanding how to not lose games before you learn how to win them. Mm-hmm. And to me, this applies, like perfectly about what we teach in the Amazon reselling space or replen space Mm -hmm. with a couple of this uh, exercise we went through today, low, low, high is a great example of that. Yes. We're trying to stack the deck in our favor so that we're not going to lose. Right. Right. And so then we layer on top of that, this uh, three-step check, which we cover in detail in the workshop, to make sure that we've got capital protection and that we're going to be able to get in and out in a timeframe that is suitable for us. Again, those are two ways to ensure that we're not going to lose the game.
2: Right. First, we want to make sure we can get our money back if it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. in a timely manner. Then we want to see if we can make, then we want to see if we can win. So we're going to make sure we don't lose first or that we have a pretty good chance of not losing first and a pretty, pretty good chance of winning after that.
1: Yes. So anyway, great quote, from hopefully uh, a soon-to-be great coach of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yes, let's hope it turns out to be a good choice. <laughs> so regardless of whether you're starting in the private label, in the wholesale, or the replens mm-hmm. space, but when you're struggling to, when an ASIN goes bad, or when you're struggling to make a profit, or when everything seems like it's going against you, mm-hmm. you know what solves that problem? More ASINs. More ASINs. Go test some more ASINs. Let's go get some more ASINs. All right, let's do it. Thanks, everyone. We'll Thanks, talk to you, you soon. guys.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today, but I've got a treat for you. Let's spend a few minutes with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Schick. He joins us once a week or so around here to talk about Amazon policy and legal issues that he's seeing because he's helping a whole bunch of successful Amazon sellers from our community navigate these challenges. And he's seeing a lot of interesting things happen. It's always good to get his perspective. If you want to jump on the retainer program that they have, get over to jeffschick.com. There's a link in the show notes today and you can check out for very low monthly spend what it takes to get his attention and time anytime you need it from his team to help you address these issues. But what do you have for us today, Jeff?
3: So I've got an update for you guys on section three. So I know that back on October 31st and November 1st, section three was all the buzzword that we were seeing around pretty much the Facebook communities of the internet where there are just, you know, people were, you know, getting these notices and Amazon was asking to verify supply chains. Uh, What we now have is updates. We've got a lot of key takeaways, things that we've learned, things that worked well, things that didn't work well. So, I want to just kind of share those with sellers. So, you know, first things first, you know, documentation remains crucial. So, if you're selling on Amazon and you've moved recently, you need to have your driver's license updated or have a passport. You need to have a government issued photo ID, I should say, you know, because some people don't have driver's licenses, but it needs to be a government issued identification. It needs to match all your current stuff. It cannot be expired. It can't be a temporary paper certificate. It can't be one that you printed off the website. You know, some states like now have a you know print off a temporary copy yourself whenever you need it. If you misplace your wallet, well, Amazon doesn't take that. So it has to be government-issued, real photo ID, and it's gotta be current. So if you moved, you know, two years ago, um, yeah, it's gonna be a hassle and it's gonna be annoying, but go spend three hours at the DMV and get the get it updated. Get it with the right address on it. Um, states like California, you have to be really careful with, um, they don't, they'll send you a sticker. Well, Amazon's not going to take a sticker that you put on your driver's license as being valid. They're going to say, now it's been altered. So unfortunately for you Californians, that means when you move, you can't use the online process. You have to go in in person, probably have to tell them you lost your license so that they'll go ahead and print you a new one with the correct address on it. And go through that whole process because it's you know you spend money on the front end or you spend it on the, or spend time on the front end or spend time on the back end but on the back end it's costing you time and money because your accounts to spend until you get the documents right so i encourage people to get documents right before you need it same things goes with like bank statements credit card statements make sure that all of that has your proper addresses on it you know if you're using a you know a, a, your home as your office location then make sure your credit card and bank statements come to your house don't use a P.O. box unless everything goes to the P.O. box. Because, again, we start throwing in complexity with Amazon. They don't like complexity. So, you know, the cases where people were ultimately successful is where things were easy. You know, stuff lined up. It made sense. It was easy to explain. Cases that weren't so successful, that took a, long, a lot longer, That those were the cases where things didn't, that weren't easy. So what were things that weren't easy? It was improper documentation. It was bad suppliers. If you're buying from third-party distributors or third-party you know, wholesale companies that buy from real you know, authorized distributors and then they resell to you as the end user, that creates a problem because Amazon doesn't view them as an authorized distributor because they're not an authorized distributor, and then you're getting hit with the Section Three and waiting for for it to be resolved. So, you know that was a that was a major problem that sellers faced, and so you know having you know, the ones that bought, you know, from like, say, you know, they bought the face cream from Sephora, they were on a lot sooner than the sellers who bought the same face cream from XYZ deals, LLC, that just happened to start selling to Amazon sellers because they have a, you know, wholesale account with the distributor that distributes to Sephora. And then you're getting, and I
0: I love love the simple way you explained that one time on a previous episode, Jeff, to just to interject, because I've been using that illustration ever since basically what Amazon's going to do. If there's a challenge and they're wondering, is this a legit, did you get this from a legitimate source? People are sometimes yeah. confused. How do I know if it's a legitimate source? The simplest way to cut the chase is to say, if I were to contact that brand or get on their website and tell them where I purchased it from, would they say, yeah. oh yeah, that's a recognized distributor or retailer of our product. Right. Yes, we sell to them all the time. If they right. say yes, you're good. If they say anything besides yes, you're not good. Right. <laughs> It's that simple because that's what Amazon's going to do. That really clarifies it because sometimes people say, well, they had wholesaler on their website. They said they're a wholesaler. Well, contact the brands that they're selling and see if they recognize that wholesale because just because they use that word on their website doesn't mean they're a legitimate wholesaler. And those those aggregators, like you talked about, that are finding deals all over the place and then selling it to sellers, man, those are bad news. We're seeing some trouble out of a lot of those right now. And we've been warning people away from them
3: from day one. Correct. So absolutely, yes, I would, you know, continue to tell people stay away from them because they are problematic. So, you know, make sure that you've got valid supply chains, because at the end of the day, section three is a supply chain audit. That's exactly what they're searching, you know, and make sure you've got the documents in order, you know, generally, they want tracking, you know, proof of delivery, they want proof of purchase, that means bank statements where you purchase the items yourself, you know, invoices from the manufacturer showing the items purchased as well. So you want to make sure you've got all these documents lined up, You know, and you should be doing that every time you place an order because you never know when you might get hit with this. So, like even just yesterday, we had a seller who was asked for forty for invoices covering forty percent of his catalog, and so he's now scrambling to get a year's worth of invoices for forty percent of his catalog together to send to Amazon because they're doing a brand you know supply chain audit for him uh, on him, I should say. So again, you want to make sure you know. Luckily, he bought from real OA sources, you know, national. Big box stores, online arbitrage should have no issue. Just has to get everything together. So right,
0: and we've got a new software program. I can't wait to show you that we're rolling out a leader in our community. I think his podcast episode went live today as we're recording this. But Kang Mm -hmm. has a very robust system that tracks a couple keystrokes, and he's got everything. It's really do. It's a new program that does that and a lot of other things, but really eliminates the pain of keeping track of all your invoices and receipts. Uh, so that's coming, but yeah, because we're fully aware, you got to keep all that stuff and you don't want to be digging through old emails to find it when you need it uh, right. if Amazon requires it. That's great. And the other thing that was caused in section three, of course, was the generic brand
3: right. issue. So right. misbranded generic listings, again, no reason to be on them. You know either people are getting section three for supply chain audits or they're getting section three termination letters for being on misbranded and generic ASINs. And so far, Amazon's attorneys Have not been willing to give people second chances they'll just say hey if you write an acceptable poa we might consider reinstatement Um, and that's so far not been happening they're just not they're not willing to consider reinstatement and of course you know we'll see how that changes in the new year you know they are generally pretty tough on you know on suspensions during q4 so it's not um, unexpected that they would behave that way but it is still concerning for sellers because if you're suspended you know three four five six months and Amazon saying maybe we'll let you on, maybe we won't. That's not a good place to be, especially if you could have just not sold that product in question. So my guidance that I always tell sellers when they find these listings and they're like, "But I think I can quickly get in and get out," and it's I I'll just constantly remind them, even if you get out and you get caught later, is it worth it to lose your entire account to sell this one asin that you know yeah. is problematic? Yeah. Answer is usually no. You know, I haven't found any someone that has. Successfully convinced me otherwise. Yet,
0: sure, so. yeah. Well, it, it it's okay to operate from an abundance of caution because there's just so much legitimate opportunity out there. Right. Why waste your time on some of those attractive but you know potentially very damaging, dangerous asins? And that that's what our training really focuses on is finding the legitimate, good asins that you should be selling against. We've been warning people against generics for a long time, and they finally, like we said, dropped the hammer. And a lot of people went through this process. The vast majority of them are now good to go, and we've actually got a pretty significant thread in our Facebook group of people that went through that process. Nearly all of them are out as of this recording with a couple of exceptions. So I think we did a pretty good job of keeping our community you know up to speed on what they should be looking for. But still a few folks that are that are waiting to get let back on the platform, hoping that happens soon. But thanks for the section three update. I really really appreciate it. and uh, is there anything else? Sure. On that topic, that we didn't hit, I think it was pretty thorough list.
3: It was, yeah, no, that's that's about it. I mean, you know, people ask us how how do I avoid it, and the answer is unfortunately, there's. I mean, you can avoid the generic and misbranded asins. That's easy to avoid, but other than that, you don't know, you know, what they're going to audit because, like, what we saw before is a lot of the asins that they were targeting were frequently counterfeited items Mm -hmm. or frequently stolen items. So Mm -hmm. they, you just don't know what they're going to be auditing because they have to. They have a duty to their you know, customer base to have safe supply chains. And that's why they're doing these audits.
0: Exactly. And if you've got legitimate invoices from, and re- and receipts from legitimate retailers and distributors, you're going to be just fine. But you may still have to cough up those documents. It's just right. part of selling on the platform. Fantastic. All right. Well, appreciate your time. And for those, uh, for the listeners here today, just a reminder, this was Jeff Schick. If you want to put his legal services to work for you, put him on retainer, just a few dollars a month his whole team is there supporting you if you need anything. And many, many people in our community use their services regularly. Appreciate your great help, Jeff. And we'll do this again real soon. Okay.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you, sir. Talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine
3: Radio. Visit SilentGym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.